0: Thank you for tuning your hearts in for another episode of the Hearts Rise Up Podcast. I'm Carol Chapman, your host. Along with my co hosts Anne Sari and Concetta Antonelli, we share our own personal experiences, tips, and strategies, along with powerful stories and compelling insights from guest interviews. We're here to inspire and empower your conscious evolution, help you tap into your inner wisdom and rise to your heart-centered higher self. Together, we can rise to a higher level of consciousness, an elevated state of being, and experience more love, joy, and freedom. Welcome again to the Hearts Rise Up Podcast. I'm Carol Chapman, your host for today. I'm so delighted to have with me my featured guest today, Andy Mort. Andy is a UK-based musician, writer, and podcaster. Oh, and he's also a part-time undertaker. He's also the founder of TheHaven.co, a membership community dedicated to support and and Encourage Gentle Rebels, who he refers to as creative introverts and sensitive types to help them find and share their voices with the world. And he also produces the Gentle Rebel Podcast, a monthly show dedicated to helping people unleash their creativity and find the courage to make their own quiet stand for what truly matters in life to them. He's also produced music under the name Atlam Schema and is currently creating as part of a three-piece collective called Early Bird. Andy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Carol. So great to be with you.
0: This is awesome. You have quite an eclectic background. And I must say what a creative entrepreneur you are, not only, you know, as a musician and a writer, but also producing a podcast and an online community, and I love this term, "gentle rebels," and I'm hoping we can dive into it a little bit more because you use it for both your podcast and your online community, and I, I'm willing to bet it has something to do around your life story as well. Am I right?
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's it's one of those terms that kind of came to me over time after. Mixing around with all the different um, all the different creative avenues that I've explored <laughs> over the years, and the the work that I did through my blog and through the podcast, kind of gave rise to this to this term. I couldn't kind of shake it off. I was kept coming to. I, I, I can't remember when it was, but yeah, just this idea of gentle rebels just kept coming back because so often I was seeing people who are kind of reacting and responding to the world with a kind of a different way of seeing things and a different way of wanting to act to the kind of normative ways that, that people the, the way that society demands and expects us to and I think the idea of a rebel can conjure all sorts of images in our heads and and it can be the the kind of quite abrasive <laughs> character the the loner character who, who comes into town and causes trouble and it was like that's not what it is it's there's something gentle about it something really beautiful about it and and that's what i keep seeing in these people that are that are showing up and and responding to the stuff that i'm doing and and that really resonated with me as you say like and my my own journey in life which has always been a little bit gently rebellious um you know going against against the the kind of the grain of the expectations that the world has and yeah and it's quite funny just listening to listening to you you know give that introduction it was like wow there's there's a lot of stuff that's really nice to hear as well yeah
0: there is and I'm also fascinated that you're an undertaker and we're definitely going to talk about that because that's just like um a 180. Um, I well, I think maybe not. Maybe there's a lot of parallels there, <laughs> um, but I'm certainly curious to know about your story behind that. But I think it would be helpful to find a jumping in point here, and maybe kind of going back to this gentle rebel concept and how that surfaced in your life, or at what point did that surface in your life, or maybe it wasn't, you know, gentle rebel at the time. Maybe it was something else. But perhaps you could share a little bit more about your story there.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, as I say, it was kind of, in some ways, something that just evolved um, alongside my own, I guess, creative creative journey. So I started, um, I've always been a uh, a musician and a, a songwriter, um, creating under Atlem schemas since I was about 18. And so early, was probably about twelve years ago, I started a a blog just kind of documenting life as a as a like through through my songwriting and as a way to basically keep my website a bit more dynamic and, and sharing what I was up to, like touring and recording and that kind of stuff. And then came across a blog post about, about being an introvert. This is Carl King's. 10 myths of of introvert being of being an introvert I'd never really heard the term before and I was just reading this this article and I was thinking man this is me like everything on here is describing all those things that I thought were I suppose problematic or or issues that made me weird <laughs> growing up
0: Was that a reality check for you
1: Yeah it really was yeah it was like ah like I guess it was stuff that you kind of Press down and and hide, and then suddenly someone was sharing it. It's like, oh, that's that's interesting. They're kind of open about all this stuff, and it means that I'm not the only one who's feeling it. I can't remember specifically what what the points were, but it was all, of, you know, there was there was things about, you know, shyness and being called quiet growing up, and and needing time to th- uh, to kind of think about things before you make a decision, and and these things that I suppose were. I, I kind of would maybe beat myself up over because I'd see friends who are like able to just make decisions instantly and they'd be able to react to things without needing to think about them. And it was like, ah, okay, there's, there's others like that. That's interesting. And so then I started sharing bits and bobs about that as I was discovering them on my blog and then later on my podcast as well. And they were the things that were really resonating with with readers and listeners. And so I'd be hearing from people, like I posted a, an article about performing. My observations were, because I always had a love-hate relationship with, with gigging and, and performing live. And, it, and I realized it was never to do with actually being on stage playing. And when I'm in that situation, I'm kind of in, a, in my happy place. and I'm doing something that I, you know, I've done a thousand times before and, and I really enjoy it. But it was all this stuff around the periphery of a performance. So it was the, you know, getting to the venue, working out what time I was going to need to be there and meeting the people that I'd need to meet in the sound guy, the promoter, all that stuff. And then energy around sort of, you know, talking to people and all of those, I suppose, uncertainties that come with being in different places. And, and so I'd shared that in a blog post as well, which again, just (laughs) it got a lot more a lot more people responding to that stuff than you know, just the average like I went out and played a gig. And so people were really resonating with what it meant for themselves um, in their own in their own lives being introverts and, and later on highly sensitive people like when I came across that term really fed this idea of gentle rebellion then as well what i see so often in the traits of of readers and listeners there's just this sort of almost a cheeky <laughs> a cheeky desire to go against the the way that the the world kind of wants us to to go and just to explore different different avenues
0: well it really is it's so true because the world is quite different in terms of how it operates or how we're expected to operate versus how introverts like to operate. And I can certainly relate to what you're saying even about it was all the energy that went into getting to the performance and all the logistics. And it's the same thing for me, even with doing this podcast, you know, all the things I have to do just to, you know, the energy that's involved in finding people for for the interview and putting all the logistics around it, coordinating everything versus just doing the podcast. If I could just do the podcast, that'd be great, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: You know, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you have such an eclectic background. Where do things really start for you? You said you started your first band or were in your first band at 18, but Um, certainly music must have been a part of your life since you were younger
1: absolutely yeah it was when i was 18 i went into kind of down the solo avenue so it was the first time i'd played on my own yeah i've been playing in bands like growing up as a teenager before that and yeah that was kind of that cliche of a a little three-year-old playing the pots and pans with wooden spoons on the kitchen floor like Mm -hmm. drums is my primary instrument it's the my kind of first instrument and then So I was drumming in bands growing up and, you know, I talk about it being kind of almost my primary language music. It's the thing I go to, to kind of process the world, process my way that I'm feeling about things. And and it's primordial way of, it's it's like the um, Flannery O'Connor quote about, um, what is it? I write because I don't know what I think until I read what I say. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like that so I don't certainly when I'm writing songs I don't sit down and think I'm going to write a song about a certain topic or whatever it will be letting whatever flows out flow out and and then kind of working out what that means afterwards if, if I even need to work out what it means but music's definitely been that's the constant that's the thing that's always there
0: and at what point did you start exploring writing and all the other things that you're doing right now you know podcasting and you have this online membership community I mean you know that's a whole uh, task in and of itself just keeping up with the community and engaging them and you know keeping them stimulated and it would be helpful to know how you manage to pull it all together.
1: Yeah absolutely yeah it's interesting you say that it's one of the the things I struggle with most is that Keeping a community engaged. I mean, naturally, I'm someone who just sits on the sideline and and observes and chips in every so often with things.
0: Yeah, as an introvert, right? An introvert can't expend too much energy.
1: Yeah, so it's a, it is a real challenge to to be thinking, okay, yeah, I'm I'm now like sort of leading the community. But yeah, as I said, as I said before, everything kind of evolved to where it is now, really. So it's you know it went from even the podcast as well, I, the podcast started as a, as a way for me to share other kind of under the radar bands um, and just get music that I was enjoying that wasn't really kind of getting mainstream recognition, just out into the, into the world really. And then over time, I kind of grew a bit of confidence to say a little bit more in between the songs that I was playing and then these ideas around introversion and then later uh, high sensitivity. Um, which really, I think, kicked the whole thing on in a in a bigger way. Started to kind of shift the tone and the audience of of the podcast and and then of the blog and and really everything just evolved as a response to the things that people were, res- were responding to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which I think is probably the biggest lesson that I've that I've learned growing a business is that the answers for what. I kind of need to do next are always found in listening to people that I'm working with. A simple example would be a blog post or a podcast episode theme would be more or less a, an answer to a question that I'd received in an email from a listener. So it's like, okay, well, that's I'll answer that in this format. And then the membership site was then just taking that to a, to a deeper level. The site's called The Haven, and I wanted to create a safe space for people to to explore, I suppose, explore their temperaments, explore what it means to be an introvert or a highly sensitive person, and then do something with that as well. Because there, there was so much, I was noticing a lot of certainly public communities where there's there's a lot of kind of, I don't know, like back patting about, about, you know, let's be introverts, we're, aren't we great, we're different and all this sort of stuff. And it's like a label is only as good as the response that you have to it and the thing that you do with it. what just kept coming to me and and again bringing the sort of idea of being a gentle rebel it's like an active thing it's a okay yes you can be defined as as this thing you can put a label on on who you are at that level but then it's like well what does that mean and what does that make possible and what do you know what difference is that going to make to your life and and the impact that you have in the world so the haven was really conceived as a I suppose, a a tighter private community where we could grapple with that and really think about, okay, well, what what does this make possible for our lives? So, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question.
0: (laughs) What's curious to me is, does it solve or provide a solution for others who need to find their way in the world because they are a little bit different? And is it a byproduct of something that you perhaps experienced earlier in your life that you're able to bring to others because of something that you learned
1: that's a really good question yeah the answer is probably yes it's both of those things I think giving input into something that I wish I'd or I could have really valued having earlier on in my life which I think is often the case isn't it with with this kind of business where you're sort of speaking to an older to or to a younger version of yourself and providing that input and and also within that listening to the needs and the, the questions of, of the people that are that have kind of gravitated towards towards you through that.
0: So there may have been a time in your life where it would have been nice to have had maybe the haven as a community. Is there a story of a time in your life where you were significantly challenged because of your introversion and uh, creative sensitive nature where you had to overcome a challenge or a learning experience in your life
1: yeah, I think coming back to the the kind of ideas around performance really would would be where and yeah where I kind of resonate with in in terms of talking to people now and sharing my own experiences and and the things that are the obstacles that aren't the obstacles that I thought were the obstacles. So, you know, I guess even just getting on stage and and having the kind of courage to perform. On the surface, it feels like that's the, that's the obstacle,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the thing that I can think of times in my life where I've almost run away from those sorts of opportunities, but not because of. I think that. <laughs> it's quite difficult to kind of describe really, but like a lot of people project the their kind of sense of what they would be afraid of, mm-hmm. which would be standing on stage and speaking in public or performing in public. And f- for me, as I said earlier, it was that energy around it. It was all of the other stuff that really causes the anxiety and the stress.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when I'm kind of then talking to other people about those experiences or about you know helping others work out how they're going to perform or if you know whatever that looks like for them personally it's kind of raising awareness of okay is the thing that you think you're afraid of actually the thing you're afraid of or is it mm. is it these other these other periphery issues that actually which with a bit of planning and preparation you can completely nail and just set your mind at ease because, um, which is what I've learned to do for myself. Like you know, when I'm going and doing a gig, I will work out exactly where I'm gonna. You know, it's, it's silly things like where I'm gonna park, and you know, what time I'm gonna get there. Where, how am I gonna eat? What am I gonna eat? You know, all of that sort of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which sounds really trivial when I have that plan. That my mind is is kind of able to rest because it's like, okay, I know what where we're going with this. And then that gives me the energy then when I am on stage to give my full self to the performance. So, yeah, I'd say that's probably one of the a specific challenge in itself.
0: Would you venture to say then that the The Haven enables, because of your experience and what you're trying to do with The Haven and provide that community support to others that it's a, a way for them to understand their own triggers. And because, I mean, really, that was a, those were triggers for you and you need to plan ahead so that you could perform at your best and not have to worry about this extraneous stuff that just zapped your energy. Yeah. So are those the types of things that you help people address within the membership community?
1: Yeah. And, like, one of my kind of core values with it all is to – address things in a way in a way that raises awareness for people about their own desires and goals and their own yeah i think triggers is a is a good word for, with with that and to not kind of project my own my own experiences onto them and say this is what you'll definitely be feeling because it's 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 different for everybody isn't it and in the context of personality and temperament it's raising awareness a general awareness of okay, well, for this particular personality type, these might be things worth thinking about. And then just finding questions to ask that that give people that, that ability to just look into themselves and think, actually, what what is it that's going on there for me? And it's amazing how, yeah, I think, providing the space for people to explore their own responses to things, you actually shine a light on things in a much clearer way than when you're, almost dictating yes you'll be feeling this you'll be doing this mm-hmm. again you see that follow quite a few communities that are, are dedicated to introverts and whatnot and highly sensitive people and a lot of it it feels quite deterministic in the sense of like you are an introvert therefore um, you will feel this way in this situation and I really like to look at it in a much less <laughs> a, a less kind of restricting way of so it's it, it yeah. So you are just raising the awareness of this m- may happen for more introverted people, but it's like, actually, what is going on for
0: you? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I mean, we're all continuously learning and growing. And even though we have, you know, certain personality preferences and tendencies, that doesn't mean that we can't adapt and we can't stretch ourselves and evolve because nothing is really stagnant because you know everything in the universe is energy and we're energy so that energy is is constantly in motion and so allowing that energy to move forward and evolve and you know give us the opportunity to explore those uh, aspects of ourselves that maybe we wouldn't have explored because of our personal preferences or tendencies can can actually be quite quite nourishing and liberating
1: yeah definitely yeah
0: yeah so I'm curious that I mean you're also I know you're also a coach because you do some coaching at least I recall somewhere seeing that you, you do some coaching yeah yeah and so I would imagine that that's just more of a natural extension of the membership community for people who need one on one support
1: yeah exactly yeah i mean it's it's not something I've, I've I've been doing for long I'm still kind of I'm finishing off a couple of qualifications in it at the moment actually yeah, it was about start of last year I started exploring it just in response to again <laughs> getting messages from people asking you know. Can, can I work with you one-on-one and you know a bit of mentoring and, and coaching I was like yeah absolutely but I have no idea what I'm doing so I need to work out what I'm doing with this first and and go and get some proper training because you know anyone can just slap the the word coach on themselves and put themselves out there but to me it was like I don't I, I need to know what I'm doing and I, I, I want that kind of credential so so yeah I've been doing that for a year and really didn't think it would be something that would spark me to life that much working one on one with people. But I've been so surprised. Like it's been absolutely amazing. And just seeing people grow and, and have those moments of of awareness and all driven by the themselves, basically. And it, and it's just such a powerful thing to, to sit back and witness. And I just love it.
0: It is. And it's it's a powerful thing to be a part of um, helping others to bring the best out in themselves. And even at the same time, while you're learning and getting the, the proper training, you obviously have a natural tendency and people are gravitating towards the the energy that you have that you bring to the table. So don't sell yourself short. You're probably a very, very good coach. But I'm, I'm curious also that you, you have these other things that you do in your life, which is you write and you're also an undertaker. How do those fit into your life and into the I guess the story of where you're taking your life.
1: Yeah. Writing is really similar to music in terms of it's it's something I've always naturally connected to. I like writing journals and, and just getting kind of brain dumping really through words and then and that's kind of yeah, as I say, evolved with my blog and with my mailing list and that kind of thing. It's funny, actually earlier this week I had a an email from a from an editor asking if I was working on any any book proposal ideas at the moment which I I'm not but it made me really focus it it, it was one of those things that's like hold on a second actually you, you could be <laughs> um, and it just made me focus on okay if I was what would it what would I be uh, interested in writing about and so the, the past few days I've been like just really getting excited about exploring What I could potentially write about, and I'm going to have a meeting with her next week and um, kind of discuss that a little bit further. But I just also just love those little, almost serendipitous moments of.
0: Absolutely, I don't think it's a coincidence at all. I think it was meant to happen, (laughs) and you are meant to write a book.
1: Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and yeah, it just made me think. Actually, I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to. In terms of the uh, the undertaking that <laughs> so I've, I don't really know where that fits into it but yeah so I've been doing that five years it started when I'd seen a uh, a hearse driving around and my main thought was like how on earth do you get into that like you know as a you know funeral director as someone working in that industry like what possesses you to do a job like that a little while later I was I was thinking I could, I could do with a just getting a part-time job just to you know, keep some consistent income coming in just to pay the bills so that I'm kind of free to to be building the business properly without, you know, being like, "How I need to make this, make money straight away. And I saw a job advertised for an undertaking. I was, I was thinking, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out how you, uh, how you get into that industry now. I remember that question I was asking myself. And so, yeah, I applied for it and, and got it. And Awesome. You know, my intention was to do it for a year and then finish. But there's something about it that's just kept me in it. Even even at points where I'm like, I don't necessarily need this anymore. And it's, I only do sort of, well, I'm supposed to do 15 hours a week, but often end up doing more than that. But there's something about that role, being alongside people at their, I suppose, most, I don't know what the right word is, but when they need guidance the most, when they need someone who knows, who can, you know, just get alongside them and, and that kind of thing that I have just found find really enriching, which might sound odd. <laughs> and and also just the kind of leveling aspect of of death itself and, and how, you know, I can I might be driving a limousine one day with, with certain people in my car and then the next day it might be like the opposite kind of demographics of of life. And every and they're all sitting in the same position. They're all going and and going to a funeral. In the same chapel at the same crematorium and and it's just that kind of realization that actually we're all in this together as human beings we all you know as as separated as we might be in certain aspects of life there are certain things and uh, you know at the moment everything going on with the coronavirus and and stuff like that just really to me is just a it's a leveler and reminder that actually, we, you know, we're, we're not enemies here. We're, we're all just human beings, like muddling along, belonging together in community. And, and we've got an opportunity to, to do that in a way that connects and connects us and, and keeps us loving one another, or the opposite. And I know what I want to choose.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think you're exactly right, that hopefully it's, it's bringing lots of communities together across the globe and working together. But I think it's also heightening people's sensitivity in many different ways, sensitivity and, you know, in terms of fear. And so it's heightening people's fear levels, but there's also the opposite, you know, where there are, there are people out there that are managing it in a very calm and composed way and in showing that and demonstrating that sensitivity as well. But I can see where just doing the undertaking, like you were saying, uh, could certainly play to your type because of the sensitivity that you have. And it was something that, you know, once you got into it, you see the value in it and, and what you're doing and how it helps others. And for however long it lasts, doesn't matter. What matters is the time that you're doing it now. And it does play a role in who you are uh, in the world today and what you're bringing to the world. Which brings me to the next question. What's on the horizon for you? Where do you want to take things? Or do you know at this point? Are you just going with the flow?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a certain degree of, of going with the flow. And, and that's been, I think, my, the, the big focus for me this year has, has almost been scaling things back so that I can see I suppose to see the wood for the trees a little bit better um, so that I can work all that st- stuff out. I mean, the coaching side of the business is that's probably the big priority for me mm-hmm. this year, as I sort of finish these qualifications and, and kind of build that part of the business into things um, more seriously. Ultimately that will take the place of undertaking in terms of the time that I spend doing that. But yeah, as I say the I mean, the, my podcast, it was weekly. And then a f- couple of months ago, after my conversation with Lauren Cipala and Jazz Hoti on, on the INF Summit, mm-hmm. and we were talking about kind of ideas around minimalism, and, and, and Lauren was, was talking about uh, Everett Bogue, who one of, one of her friends and, and was quite big in the uh, minimalist online space um, a number of years ago, and, and he talked about, I think, was it 57 items in his bag he used to carry around, and that was like all of his belongings might have got that wrong but it, something like that and then this idea of if he need if he wanted to put something else in the bag you'd have to take something that was already in the bag out because there wasn't enough space to exactly and that just really struck me as a metaphor for so many things and I was then thinking about all my obligations all the things that I'd committed to and with the podcast it was like actually working out how much time I spend doing the podcast each week made me realize actually I there's so many things I want to put in that bag that I can't fit in because this podcast. It takes me about 12 hours a an episode, and actually, the added value of doing one every week was not didn't correlate to the amount of time that I was spending. So mm-hmm. I figured, you know, if you can drop 36 hours of doing that a month, <laughs> imagine what I could do with with that time. So, so it's a, it, that kind of metaphor has really been my kind of almost focusing point. Um, ever since that interview which which has been quite fun to be exploring
0: well I think it's interesting how there are things in our life that pop up even in a conversation that gets us thinking a certain way that we hadn't really thought of before it kind of like just you know opens our mind to a new way of thinking and I think by letting allowing yourself to go with the flow and adjust the schedule for the podcast that you the opportunity to open the doors for other things that like you can put in your bag you know just continuing to fill the bag basically because the bag will only hold so much
1: and things or things will be falling out the bottom of the bag and you won't be noticing
0: (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) with all of this and where uh, where you are in your life is there a particular philosophy or mantra that has resonated with you that means a lot to you
1: yeah the one that's really or well, the idea that's really kind of underpinned a lot of my life over the, the past sort of probably five, six years is the, the Viktor Frankl quote of um, between stimulus and response, there's a space and in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. And that that idea of actually we get to interject in areas of our life that we think are just happening to us or... We just react to things and we have no, no sense of kind of uh, agency over, over the way that things go. After, you know, reading Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl's book, and hearing the stories that he shared, like where, where the context of, of that, those ideas, you know, from the concentration camps, you know, he spent some time in Auschwitz during the Second World War and, and actually, you know, from the absolute lowest of the low position, Um, and situation to realize that actually whatever we're going through we we always get to choose our response to things and that's like the ultimate growth and the ultimate freedom because no one can take that away from us and and that's really kind of underpinned a lot of my my kind of thinking and approach to to things you know I've (laughs) been through some challenging times over the past couple of years and and that's really struck me as as important and
0: yeah and I think that's very liberating because I think people need to really need to recognize that there's there, there's always a choice you know you do get to choose and you don't have to settle for anything less than what you you know you really really want, even if it takes time to get to what you want
1: but yeah, it's a introduction to kind of logotherapy was his his school of' um, it's like a psychotherapy type thing and in- Yeah. Really, really fascinating stuff.
0: Love it. Well, I'll uh, be sure to include that in the show notes. And just one more question for you before we wrap things up. What advice do you have for others around, you know, finding their own direction and, or just advice for others in general based on what has worked for you? Maybe I just leave it at that.
1: Yeah. I think I'd, I'd say sort of let go of the idea that there is anything in the realm of perfection. Or like a state of completion and wholeness and, you know, a, a, a great secret that you can get to or whatever. Like actually know that this moment in all its chaos and mess is what matters. And this is all you get, all you have and, and you get to create from within that. And you can make the, the world a tiny bit better in tiny little ways. If you commit to that over time, just understanding that actually this moment I get to do something interject and do something that wouldn't happen without me uh, if that makes sense and you know your presence within this moment is significant because of that.
0: Exactly, and how we, you know, how we perceive that moment, and if we are focused on that moment, then that is that moment is our reality, and that moment is what we do in that moment creates our future reality. So I I love that. Well, Andy, it's been such a pleasure. Um, how do, can people learn more about you and connect with you?
1: Yeah, um, oh, it's been so nice to chat with you, Carol. Thank you. Best place is just my website, so andymort.com. There's links to all the you know different things we talked about today from there so my social media there's the haven podcast and also there's links to my music off there as well so that's the 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 real hub
0: beautiful okay well we'll be sure to include that in the show notes and uh, any social links that you can provide me afterwards i'll make sure those are in the show notes so that people can connect with you on the various social channels that you operate on are there any parting comments that you'd like to Leave our listeners.
1: I think you know that that last thing we are saying about you know just this moment. Remember, always remember that this moment is is everything, and be a gentle rebel.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: <laughs> you can al- always find a way to to be gently rebellious in any moment.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This has just been a terrific and insightful conversation. I look forward to learning more. Uh, you know, over the course of time to see how things turn out for you with respect to the coaching because i know that you're putting a lot of time and effort into that the the work that you're doing and just all the all the all the creative aspects of things that that you're, you're bringing to the world i think is such of tremendous value to people and so i just want to thank you so much for sharing time with me on the show
1: oh thank you so much for having me it's been such a lovely conversation to, to have, so, yeah, thanks, Karen. Thank
0: you. We hope today's show helped to bring a bit more joy and happiness into your heart. We hope it inspired you to unleash your inner power and rise up to your best and loving heart-centered highest self. We'd be grateful if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews are important to spreading this valuable message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and share the show with others. Visit heartsriseup.com for heart-centered courses, guided meditations, and our popular notes from your higher self. Until next time, keep rising up and may all that you love thrive.